Welcome to the 124th episode of News Dump, where we run through the hottest topics in Lewis County news scene and discuss. I'm local man Aaron Vantile, joined today by Chronicle Editor-in-Chief Eric Schwartz and Chronicle Reporter Isabel Vanderstoop. And we're joined in spirit by sponsors Summit Funding and The Roof Doctor. We were out of the office last week, so hopefully you listeners were able to, uh, you know, look out a window and maybe... Just enjoy the the sounds and comfortable conversation of your relatives over Thanksgiving. How are yours, Thanksgivings, friends? Mine was great. I watched you on my camera let my dog out. Yeah. And not letting my dog out. <laughs> More interestingly. You, uh, you intimated you would be home Wednesday morning. I did. So. I realized that on Thursday morning. Or wait. Yeah. Yeah. I realized yeah. that too late. Fortunately, Charlotte's got a bladder of steel. That and dog. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. It was like yeah. 28 hours. Charlotte did some, did some real jumping on me when yeah, I got she, through the door. She's good. Yeah. Nice I, dog. I haven't been on the podcast since... Um, I wrote the dog court series and I just wanted to say that I'm sad to have missed that conversation because you guys really, you didn't get there. You know what I mean? You didn't, Mm -hmm. didn't get to the heart of it, but it's all right. Hopefully if anybody wants to talk to me about that, they can just do that. Well, you know, it's all just a big joke to Aaron. He doesn't take the lives of dogs seriously. (sighs) Not, not even a little bit. No, never. Of course not. As Charlotte will attest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, your poor dog. Um, The, you know, who did take the dog court stuff seriously was the commenter who was very upset about it. And somebody with dog court responded to him and said, why don't you come by and check it out? Things are a lot different. And the commenter replied again and said, I have, and they're not. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was uh, Chuck Chuck Snipes. Oh yeah. He's on the dad board. He has been a great help to me and listens to the podcast and um, is basically the reason I got onto that story because after we started reporting on karma, the dog and all of that happening, he was like in a totally kind and great way was like, no, no, this is wrong. You have to like go back and tell this story with more completion. And it opened up this opportunity for me to talk to the County about all this different stuff that they do. And I just think it's like the weirdest facet of government I've ever seen. Probably definitely the law and justice system. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty weird. Um, let's see. We've got some important news items here, but first of all, the most important news item of the week, this was a late addition to the notes, Isabel saw some swans. Oh. Oh, you outed that as... <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. He does have a heart. Yeah, look at that. We got some swans on the sound. Oh, I got to say, trumpeting. on Friday, we got off deadline and all of a sudden Isabel just busted out of her office, knocked over four or five people, kicked, <laughs> kicked the doors down and yelled, I'm going to take pictures of Trump or swans. I, I saw her slide across the hood of her Buick and then jump <laughs> in the front seat. And then she peeled out, hit about three or four cars and drove over the median. Well, heading as we south. all know, 100% of people who would be excited about seeing swans drive Buicks. That's true. I, yeah, me and my 99 Buick. <laughs> Your photos were great though. Thank you. Both batches. I, love birds. If anybody knows me, they know I love birds. And one of the coolest parts about this job is that I've been able to go bird watching and bring that to people in who read the paper. And I get paid to do that. That's like the coolest thing. Couldn't ask for a better position. So. And I don't think we've had trumpeter swans in the paper before, at least, you know, a story about them and when they come and why and whatnot. So we have that in tomorrow's paper. We have that to look forward to Lewis County. 
When we did the the Chehalis River trip, we interviewed um, Jay Gordon, who's the policy director with the Washington Dairy Federation. He's also on the Shayless Basin Board. He has played a really key role in trumpeter swan population restoration over the last couple of years. And I mentioned him in the story as well. That's the only time that I can think of covering them specifically. But even then, it's not like they were there in May to take photos of. So it's like a very cool migration thing. Can you talk to a Midwest expert as well? Can you tell us about that? Oh my gosh, yeah, that was the funniest. Um, So the Trumpeter Swan Society is headquartered in Minnesota and their director, her name was Margaret Smith and she was like, oh yeah, we (laughs) protect swans all over the continent. (laughs) (laughs) She's probably telling the story now about your Northwest accent. This reporter called today to ask about swans. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. She was so sweet and so happy to talk to me about them. Have you thought about joining the Trumpeter Swan Society? I have thought about like Audubon before. I think if if ever I wanted to be more into birds than I am now, there's probably so many different career paths that they have just because it's an enormous organization. But yeah, I, I'm... I'm like I'm liking what I have now where I can dabble with the bird coverage every once in a while and then also do other things. Christmas bird count is next. Isabel's oh, yeah. gonna go head count every bird in Lewis County and report <laughs> Personally. back. Wow. <laughs> and name uh, them all. I heard it's gonna be uh, one lower than last year with the death of yard birds. Ooh. Ooh. Too soon. Is it? Yeah, it's about the right time, I suppose. Uh, let's get into some other news, uh, although there is nothing more exciting than hearing <laughs> somebody discuss how they looked at birds. Uh, <laughs> news out of Thurston County. Derek Sanders declares victory in sheriff's race, starts preparing for role. I don't have anything too exciting about this one other than Derek Sanders is only 28. Yeah, he's a young guy. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, he uh, yeah he he took John Snaza down in that race. He has been in that office, I think, since 2011. Um, and uh, yeah, he politely said that uh, he honors him for his service and that he's welcome to visit the sheriff's office whenever he should like. Uh, good, good, subtle dig there. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, in other election news, Joe Kent seeks financial support for recount in third congressional district. I have a question about this one. On the um, link to it, there's no byline. Did you write this? Uh, it was a Colombian story. I I forgot the oh, byline. Okay, I okay, need to get okay. it added on there. Got it. Okay. Otherwise, it looks like Jared wrote it because his photo credits on there. Yeah. Typical liberal media. <laughs> that's that's Hiding the curse. Behind no byline. The curse of the photographer is they get all the angry emails because their email is the first one at the top of the page. Yeah, yeah it's true. Uh, anyway, quote from the story from. Joe Kent's statement Friday says, given the number of ballots left to cure, they keep throwing that out like it means something. It does. And the small margin between myself and my opponent, it's possible that the eventual margin will require a mandatory recount per state law. However, if it narrowly misses that margin, my campaign is taking steps to raise money to pay for an optional recount that is also allowed under state law. If I wanted a job and needed a recount to get it, I would simply pay for it myself and not ask for handouts to do so, which sounds like socialism. <laughs> um, hearing socialism. does mean something. To ask for donations? Give me money so I can get the job that you don't want me to have. Hearing does mean something, which we'll talk about in the story following this next one. 
Also, oh I don't Do think we, that oh, the, the one following this yeah, one I, about I, Mint City coffee roasting. Are the they one following their that. coffee. I just want to say I don't think it's that outrageous or outrageous at all. That it's interesting, but that he's uh, going to fund his own recount. It is an extremely close he's race. He's not going to fund his own recount. He's asking. He's asking for donations to, to do it. Do you act like this is the first time this has ever happened? Nobody knows what his real job is. You think that could pay for <laughs> the it. American Enterprise Solutions, right? Nobody oh, yeah. <laughs> knows what that is. I just wanted to note: it's My an extremely company. close race, and uh, you know, if they want to, I think they said it's going to be like eighty thousand dollars. Um, so if it's within a certain um, range, then it's an automatic recount. This one's not going to get there. Um, and so, yeah, it's 25 cents per ballot for a hand recount or 15 cents per ballot for a machine recount. So mm-hmm. I wonder which one he's going to spring for. Uh, I don't know. Probably one of each. If it's not his money, why not? He did say, uh, let's see here, his <laughs> statement. He said, as I said I'll on the campaign, <laughs> as I said on the campaign trail, I will accept the eventual outcome of this election as determined by the secretary of state. And my campaign will continue to work to ensure that the final count is as accurate as possible. <laughs> I will accept the eventual outcome once I have exhausted all options for fighting it in the court of law. Well, I mean, nowadays that's not, I mean, that, that's, this is welcome news. Like he's at least saying. At least it sounds like he's saying he's not going to get to the end of this and then spend the next two years saying the election was stolen and then run again like a certain other politician. Uh, he's, I mean, he dude, might he's, still I am run about again. Sean Swip- no, I'm just joking. Just joking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he might still run again, but at least, yeah, no, at least this kind of signals that he will. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'll no, I'll believe it when I see it. Honestly. Meanwhile, Gluson Camp Perez has got her, you know. <laughs> Interior designer putting in new drapes. And she's already called shotgun. She's already in Washington, D.C. <laughs> sitting in the chair. That's like, still the funniest part to me, <laughs> that she just ran over there and called dibs. Yeah. You know what? Uh, it's, it was a bold strategy, and it seems like it's working. It does seem like it's working. Uh, next story, which also involves ballot curing, Mint City Coffee Roasting. No, open <laughs> stop doing the one after this one. downtown Shahela's. <laughs> Um, it's right down the street from the Market Street Pub and next to Mackinac's. I'm sure most of our listeners will recognize at least one of those two things. Yeah, sure they it's will. down there. They'll have fresh coffee and merch. Uh, Jason and Shauna Bettner will manage the coffee shop with Kyle and Sarah Askin. I believe most of those are Toledo folk. Uh, Jason Bettner, I think, worked here. I don't know, maybe. Once upon a time, like when I first started, I think he was around doing something. I don't know what. Very insightful. I know. I, you know what? It was a long time ago in my defense. It looks longer, like a cool, longer it, ago than, than you, I believe. No, no, I've been here longer. It's, uh, it looks like a cool new business, though, and it's been in the works for a long time. I think we had our first preview on this business from Matthew Zilstra, like, I want to say five or six months ago. It was, yeah. it was a ways back. Um, people are so excited for this, just to have that kind of place where you can actually, like, sit down and go to coffee in um, Chehalis that isn't, like, I mean, the bakery obviously has that, but this is like very coffee focused. I think it's going to be a really cool addition. Also, when are we going to change the official name of Chehalis to Mint City? Because it deserves that. Uh, Rose City is still in there. You're going to find some people that still want it to be the Rose City, even the though it's only not like Rose 10 City. People. In the <laughs> uh, it comes up in our look back in time history feature every once in a while. Like, usually it's like kids vandalizing the rose garden well, there's just, <laughs> cutting off all the roses there's just so many fewer roses now i yeah. think you know i mean it's not really as much of a thing anymore i like mint city but then what are you going to do when ip callison's packs up and moves out of town hmm? we'll I, just I, I, talk about how there used to be mints we there. all grow mint on alaska still there's all kinds of stuff at the mill and there's no if we're talking there. entryway businesses 
to namesake your community, there's a few other entryways to Chehalis. Well, Morton is the Thai capital. (laughs) Morton is the Thai capital of the world, and they don't produce those anymore. They don't produce railroad ties. It's 2022. What are they now? What's the their Thai capital of the world? I've never heard that. What? I didn't know that. What? Wow. Have well, you heard it before? I'm not sure if I'm not no, sure that's like their it. modern name, but I know that's like a thing they say a lot. I've never even heard that. Well, well, well. You should maybe write about that. Forks is the logging capital of the world. I have I thought definitely that's what Morton was gonna be. <laughs> mentioned it in the story before, but it's okay. South Bend's the oyster capital of the world. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So, anyway, it's kind of weird that Shayla doesn't have a coffee shop like that already. It seems like a very Shayla thing to have in downtown next to, you know, like the the Shakespeare Book Company or the Diversified Games or that place with the British food or the McFiler's Theater, you know. Are you looking at a Google map of uh, Shayla's right yeah, now? Just thinking of all the nice places at downtown Shayla's. The clothing store, you know. Is this like a bougier coffee than I would be used to? Yes. Okay. I mean, it doesn't come out of a, like a bucket at the back of a gas station. So yeah, it's 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 a little out of your. I class. don't drink bucket coffee. It says starting out, we will be featuring Ethiopian, Colombian, and Guatemalan single origin coffee. Does that sound like something you'd be into? If it's in a bucket in the back of a gas station. <laughs> okay, Wikipedia says Morton was once known as the time mill capital of the world in the 1950s. So I don't know why that fact is in my brain. It's interesting. <laughs> I I just hadn't heard it before. Yeah. But true. That just means that once in the 1950s, one guy was like, Thai capital of the world. No. And else was like, no. No, it was it was a thing. They like had a railroad Thai dock and then like the trains would come through and I think they would like ship them away or something. Uh, that's my understanding. I don't know. Anyways, I, I'll move off of this now. Sorry. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought us there. Next story. Boring is good. Ballot counting continues after threats against Lewis County officials. The auditor's office got some nasty, got a nasty series of emails from someone who didn't vote in time and who threatened county officials saying, quote, heads would roll either in the office or the parking lot. Election workers filed for an investigation from the sheriff's office and the disenfranchised would-be voter claimed the office was suppressing their vote and wanted compensation for mental and emotional trauma and a public apology and they would not accept a late postmark as an excuse. They also claimed the auditor's office, quote, fixed the lax election and that democracy was under attack due to the cheating. It's worth noting, as the story does, that every Republican on the ballot won in Lewis County. Except for Joe Kent. Except for Joe Kent, well, yes. Well, he won in Lewis County. Oh, gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not overall. You're right, you're right. There are no elected officials in partisan offices in all of Lewis County that are not Republican. Yeah. Fixed. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I think this person needs to go outside, look at the sky, and if they can find one who is willing, kiss a lady. (laughs) What? More on the story, somebody. What? Do women, do they just serve as muses to solve all your problems, Aaron? Is that what women are to you? Super odd comment. (laughs) I, I won't stand by that. Fine. Can I read the screenshot you shared from this person, or would that be too invasive, you think? You know, go ahead. Uh, So the the individual who made this threat also posted on something online, if only Nancy Pelosi was home and not her husband. This man is a hero to the American people. Hey, Nancy, what time is hammer time? Keep it up. Hammer Democratic politicians. 
Well, he is going to be awfully disappointed when he gets down to the county with his hammer and finds no Democrat politicians. Yeah, that's true. What a charmer, man. You I know. know. Yeah. That's uh just seems like a wonderful individual. I had a couple of people email, as did you, I think, that thought one of them I I talked her down. She was like, Well, I don't know why you dragged up Donald Trump into this. And I responded and was like, Well, that's kind of made the national thing his election denial. And she was like, Oh, I get that now. <laughs> how, how do you know what? <laughs> it's because I mean, I where she was coming from and she explained she was nice. It was, it's a county story. She didn't understand why the you president know, was mentioned. You're not the only person to bring this point up with me and others were not like pro Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. I think it was one of the first times that I've used that angle on this. Besides, I can think of the Lewis, the Lincoln Day, Lewis County Republicans mm -hmm. dinner where that was sort of a piece of the puzzle as well. But like Joe Kent has, I'll just, just, some background for those who didn't read it, but um, Joe Kent has not responded to any of our requests for comments since election night. Like I've tried several times with his campaign, texting his campaign manager multiple times. And, and also the daily news and Longview hasn't got, hasn't heard back from them. And you could I just say a blanket statement. There hasn't been a, a right. media outlet in, in, the third district. But and I what I do have, hang on. And what I do have to go on for what Joe Kent thinks about the election is everything he tweets about it. That's the only thing we can go off of as, I mean, I'm trying to get his side of the story, believe me, but he's been tweeting these things like, oh, the election is fishy or suspect or like these dog whistles that it's stolen. And he's, proudly said that it was stolen before and echoed Trump's claims. So like the only thing that I have to go on when it comes to these threats in Lewis County is there's one politician who's suggesting that it might be stolen one. And so that's all I can do, you know? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was completely justified. Um, it's not like it in any way connected this specific threat to a candidate. It's like, this is also happening in this political atmosphere. Right. So, um, and, and really, like, I just kind of say, and this is a follow-up on that original story where we talked about Trump. I don't think he even gets mentioned again in this one. Or maybe once when they say they stole the last election or something. But it's it's less so in this updated version. But I did, I did feel a responsibility to kind of tie it into that because it's definitely connected, right? I mean, like, you have one candidate who's saying this is stolen and then... People who are like, oh, you stole my ballot. I don't know. Anyways. Vote on time, people. Yeah. I mean, look, you've known. It's been in the paper when you can vote. But he was trying to throw the algorithm, Aaron. Also, well, I saw... <laughs> one vote short now. Also, I saw Joe Kent retweet something that was like, the only way to ensure your ballot is secure is to vote a week ahead of time. Oh, no. <laughs> this is like from the guy who was just saying, like, the only way to ensure your ballot is secure is to vote the day of. Like, <laughs> oh, it's... Yeah. We, I don't think there's a way to figure it out, but I, I wonder if everyone trying to vote, how many votes ended up not getting counted because they waited too long yeah. trying to break the algorithm as, as they said they would do. Break the internet. So <laughs> then the other thing on ballot curing, um, the auditor's office and canvassing board goes through all of the different ballots that were denied 
for late postmarks and signatures. Mm -hmm. And if the signature doesn't match or if the voter didn't sign the ballot, they will try to get in contact with that voter and remedy it before election certification. And they're at like a about a 50% success rate with that. So that's what ballot curing means. And Kent has been like pushing that from his campaign. So it's kind of encouraged more people to do it, but it's actually a, like not, but it is a good practice for anyone who submits a ballot to go check to make sure theirs was accepted. Because if your signature doesn't match, they can't confirm that you as the voter actually filled out your ballot and they don't want to falsely accept a vote that wasn't yours. So they have to like verify with you. Which there is a lawsuit now we posted on Cronline over the weekend to get rid or at least limit the signature checking um, that gets rid of a lot of the ballots uh, on the ground. They made an interesting case in, in the lawsuit that there is no voter fraud. So why are we going through this big thing to stop voter fraud, <laughs> which I, I thought was an interesting approach to it. <laughs> Uh, next story. Speaking of the county, most will see increases. Lewis County assessor reevaluation notices have been mailed to property owners, and property owners are pissed. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, it their houses be. are so much more valuable now. Why are they upset? What is the county doing with all the extra money it's hauling in? <laughs> how does this work? You guys know how this works. You both covered the county. Explain to me how... Property taxes can go up exponentially. So and you're our a, conservative you're an local <laughs> government. So you are one of like, the angry people now, right? I am one of the angry people. Thirty-seven percent hike. Are you kidding me? I mean, you've been doing a lot with the property. I have not. It damn near flooded the house away this winter. How is it worth more money? <laughs> Diane Dory says that people have a dry memory. They don't care if properties were flooded. Are, does that count like for buyers her, don't her care. assessing staff? I don't know. So do you think it's like a like a evil evil plan of some sort to enrich Diane Dory on her I mean, way out of public like, service? I don't, I don't think it's I, I understand the inflation aspect and I understand this is not like Diane Dory being like, you know what, it's my last time out there. I'm just gonna hit him up. <laughs> time for the work. big hole. <laughs> one, big, one last score. It's not that. <laughs> it's I'm more like the the specifics and the like, how does it actually work? Like, the county has a budget, and the assessor goes out there and assesses property. You know what? But it's not that, they're not love, that independent You're going to love other. this. Tomorrow, I'm uh -huh. meeting with uh, Riverside Fire Chief Mike Kidda and Greg Peterson with the Lewis County Fire Chiefs Association mm -hmm. to talk about this exact thing that you're talking about right now, which is where do property taxes go and how do levies work and how does it all get split up? And we're going to try to do like a very informational story that would benefit people who pay taxes. So I will get back to you next week and we'll talk about it more. Okay. But it shouldn't be this big of a question. Everybody's property no, it, taxes it's very are complicated. up a ton. No, it, where does the money go? It goes, well, I mean, a, it covers it levies. It the, covers services. Covers the the but it doesn't just cover levies. No, I know. And I know. It's it's complicated. It's but not. It shouldn't be. Well, it is. Taxes are complicated. I like well, how you I don't ever care about anything unless it affects you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I represent the listeners. Well, wait you for do? Isabel to come and <laughs> yes. get her explainer next week. As an upset property owner, yes, I do. 
I can't just say, like, I don't know. It's just as complicated as anything. I mean, taxes are very hard to understand. I've had a lot of late nights in this office trying to understand these kinds of things, especially Chad has been really helpful with this, especially like as somebody who has been on city council, because he understands the way that junior taxing districts are broken down. But I don't know, like... Nobody just knows this. Have you thought about going over to the auditor's office and talking to an appraiser? Because that's what Miss Dory recommends. No, but I would think about going to the Assess. assessor's office, Assess. you fool. But and talk to an appraiser. No. Okay. But you know what? When the appraiser came by my house, I was very polite. Next time, I will not be. <laughs> we'll stop him at the end of the driveway and say, sir, you are not welcome. It's you not can a joke, man. There. Those people face violence all the time. Yeah. That's you inciting right nice. violence. No, he was actually very polite. Um, I'm just, it's not like, it's not the assessed value piece of it. It's just, I thought that you probably buried like $10,000 on your property. <laughs> yes. I buried it on the property and they found it. They're like, ah. The County is in a big pool, I think, but also it's only the literally money. a big pool from January to March. When it floods, <laughs> which should drive property values down, but it has not. I don't, I don't know, dude. I can't answer the question. I'm just saying, like, I want to see 37% more government. Do yeah. you? <laughs> Jinx. Yes. <laughs> Mr. I it, hate advisory boards. Look, if I went into a pizza restaurant and they're like, pizza prices are up 50%, I'd be like, is my pizza bigger? And if they're like, oh, no, idiot, then I'd be like, well, I'm shopping somewhere else from now on. So you're shopping somewhere else everywhere now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just want to know how it works. Do I get 400% more gasoline for this price? I've, I've promised. I'm not using your product. I've promised to give you my best. That's, that's all we can do. Anyway. Next story. Locals plead for permanent VA clinic in Lewis County. Is that where my money's going? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, after the sh- I understand that. After the Shahalas VA clinic closed in 2021, this story from Owen Sexton Shed some light on how Lewis County veterans have coped with that shift. When it closed, about 3,400 veterans were receiving their care there, and about 3,000 of those chose to be transferred to the clinic in Olympia, while about 400 elected to find health care within their own communities instead. One of the biggest reasons why is the distance many in Lewis County must travel to get to the Olympia Clinic. About 2,000 of those people are within 30 minutes of Olympia, meaning about 1,000 of them have to drive far further than that. For those in East Lewis County, for example, a visit to the Olympia Clinic may be an all-day affair. Uh, one veteran at the meeting who served in both the Navy and the Arizona National Guard, Christopher Reese, shared his own personal experiences in trying to get health care through the VA in Lewis County. Since leaving the service, he said he's done nothing but fight the VA. Quote from Reese, fight you and fight you and fight you to the point where I have made an ultimatum to my doctor just a couple weeks ago. He has a year, a year to figure something out where I can live comfortably or either I commit suicide or they cut off my legs, Reese said. Pretty intense stuff. That yeah. was hard to read. He, uh, Owen, who's a veteran himself, uh, our reporter, put that down at the end, and it was kind of like getting socked in the stomach at the end of a tough read. Um, and I guess the guy was very emotional beyond just that quote. Um, and um, I don't know, kind of spoke to the frustration there. Lee Gross, I thought, made great points about how he can get uh, his appointment's just fine. I mean, he can call, you know, on a, I think he said on a Thursday and get it on a Tuesday. Um, and it's unacceptable that veterans have to wait months and months and months just to get on the phone with somebody. Um, 
One of the comments on this story on Facebook said something to the effect of, I read through the whole thing and I don't see any solutions. And I think that was, I think that was well done by Owen to make it feel that way. Obviously he can't just say in his own words, there's no answer right now, but the VA has not given the solution that, I mean, solves everything so far. They're trying, they've done the mobile medical unit, but that only sees like eight people a day, I think. So it's, yeah, no, it's definitely a problem that especially people in East Lewis County are facing. And I think that he illustrated that really well with this story. All right. Any other stories we missed before we jump into an ad and then segments? I mean, you missed tons of stories. There were so many. um, Yeah, go to cronline.com and check it out. You can send a letter to Santa in downtown Chehalis if you go into Book and Brush or Totally Possum. Are you going to? And Santa will write back. No, my children don't believe in Santa Claus. (gasps) What? Never have, never will. Did you tell them from the beginning? I don't lie to my kids. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Shocking. They don't believe in Santa then. We're going to take a break. Hi, this is Jacek from Summit Funding. Here's what a recent client is saying about us. Hi, this is Chad Taylor. Have you been thinking about purchasing or refinancing your current home? The team at Summit Funding is the best in class. Looking for a conventional FHA, VA, USDA, jumbo, or even a reverse mortgage? Trust the team at Summit Funding. Corley and I did, and we couldn't be happier. Thank you to all of our past clients. If you have any questions, give us a call at 360-330-4037. All right. We're back, and it's time for Tales from the Takes page, a.k.a. what happened on the opinion section. Our first item is a somber column from Brian Mitke, titled RIP to a proud Coug and a lifelong newsman. It's about our former coworker, Doug Blosser, um, from Brian's column. He writes, Blosser spent four decades off and on at the Chronicle, covering a variety of jobs within the newsroom. I worked alongside him for a dozen years. I remember him as helpful, positive, hardworking, and absolutely dedicated to getting the facts right before we went to print. Schwartz, you also worked alongside Doug for a long period of time, probably your whole stretch, right? Yeah, up until 2018. Yeah. Any uh, any good Doug stories you want to share? Oh, lots of Doug stories. He was Mr. Reliable. He'd be, I think I put on my, my Facebook the other day, you could literally set your watch to him showing up because he would show up at 6.30 every morning and it was literally on the dime. Mm-hmm. He would walk in the door. It was in the 10 a.m. deadline days. Um, and he, he was a page designer when I first started working with him and then he became newsroom assistant and that's how I worked with him the most. And, uh, Isabel liked this one. So I do death notices now they appear on the front and if the funeral home doesn't send a hometown, they don't get a hometown. Like I'll just put the name of the person in their age or whatever. Doug would spend two hours tracking down the hometown. (laughs) Like, and not only just tracking it down, like if he got somebody at the funeral home, he's like, ah, I think they were from Chehalis. He'd spend even more time like looking through the internet, through whatever he could find, mm-hmm. um, and solidifying that stuff. And he brought that to, I think, every aspect of the job. Um, and he was just the older guy the, that kind of looked knowingly at us young folk every now and again, just let us make the same mistakes he probably did when he was younger. Um, and, yeah, I think uh, newsroom Doug Blosser will ring through the building for forever. <laughs> That's how I always used to answer the phone. Yeah, he was he was a relentless fact checker and detail man. Um, if you set him after something, whether it was just like hammering out the details of a of a death notice or 
if like dates didn't make up, make didn't quite add up in something he read, he would spend hours on the phone trying to settle it and make sure it all it all worked out right. So or something with a letter to the editor, he made people who <clears throat> I mean, just to be straight up, people who wrote very like ignorant, poorly written letters, he would spend time on it and make it look like they made a cogent point. <laughs> um, and then he'd be the guy to put the headline on there and everything else. He was also, I became editor, I think I was like 28, 29, something like that, and definitely was a little insecure in the job, and he made it a point to just come in every day and talk to me, and he was just extremely gracious um, to, you know, make me feel like I was doing a good job, at least even when I wasn't. Maybe he was just sucking up, I don't know, but Doug was a good one. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, he was, and as Brian mentions in his column, the the biggest Coog fan. Oh yeah, he would talk to me against my will about Coog women basketball for 20, 30 minutes. One of the most excited I've ever seen Doug was he was the, he was bummed out about something going on probably two thousand twelve thirteen somewhere around there, and we happened to have uh, Nike McClure was in the office. WFS basketball oh, yeah. star, <laughs> and uh, of course she went on to play college ball at Wazoo. She was quite good at Wazoo. And as her and her friends were leaving, I was like, hey, stop by and talk to that that guy in the office up there. Just tell him who you are. He'll he'll know who you are, but just say hi. And I've never seen Doug so thrilled as when Aww. a Coog basketball star stopped to say hello to him. There's also a gas leak one time in the building next door, and they evacuated our building. And we all evacuated. He has his own office at this time. We all evacuated, waited probably about 10, 15 minutes, came back in. Went back to work, about an hour passes, and Doug comes popping out of his office. Did you guys hear about the gas leak next door? Oh, <laughs> my gosh. been in his office the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, ah, that, was, that was Doug. Wow. Um, anyway, yeah, rest in peace, Doug. Uh, yeah, he was, he was a special newsroom guy. Uh, next news item, we have a letter to the editor. I enjoyed this one. Oh, boy. You're selecting of the... <laughs> I need to start looking at these notes. <laughs> Letter titled, You Get What You Voted For. A True Takesman Has Weighed In on Our Very Own Opinion Page. Here's a few highlights from this quote. Democrats are all fools letter. I got that's not a quote. I added that quote. Uh, A couple lines I enjoyed. Congratulations to the Democrats for rigging the election with the most ignorant, gullible, and misinformed slash disinformed electorate in American history. How could you even know that? (laughs) Uh, another this, quote. Okay, but wait. This claim is you're rigging the election by getting people to vote. Yes, that is a that that's hard for me to wrap my mind around as well. <laughs> well, if you idiots didn't vote, the Republicans would have won, according to this letter writer. <laughs> uh, another quote from the, from the letter. Think of our local blowhard letter writer, Marty Marty Ansley. Come on, just come Marty alone. Marty responded in tomorrow's edition, by the way. Oh, yeah. oh I can't wait. Uh, he also cites three big lies in the campaign season, among them that Republicans will ban abortion and cut Social Security and Medicare. He calls these lies because not because Repu- Republicans don't want to do them, but because Republicans don't have the means to cut all these things, which they would totally do if they could. But he's just like, <laughs> like, that's even possible. <laughs> Who did um, have that tone? And then, <laughs> and then his last line, I'll leave you with this. Are you better off now than you were two years ago? Those of you who answer in the affirmative are liars. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Do you I remember can't be personally 2020? Better? That was 2020, <laughs> the pandemic? A million people died? When I was editing this letter, I read that first part, like, are you better off? And that's the famous uh, Ronald Reagan line, right? Yeah. And so I immediately answered it in my head, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing better. Like, things are good. And then I read the next one. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> you fool. Uh, we appreciate the letter submission nonetheless. All letters. Send them to letters. I, at I got a kick out of this letter. Great, great work by uh, Marty Ansley's arch nemesis. Can I can I throw one in before you go to your next one? Yeah, sure. Uh, this one was from Dennis Shane, and it was in the weekend edition. And Dennis Shane is one of my favorite letter writers because he does what you do sometimes. He stretches his sarcasm so far that you don't know if he's being sarcastic. Whatever you point. mean. But his was titled, uh, Consider a Future Where We Run Out of Wind, Water, and Sunlight. <laughs> I did like that. And uh, let's see, I had this line here. Just think of the infrastructure and technology involved in making green energy a reality. If we become solely dependent on it, the world will have to build massive pipelines to transport wind, water, and sunlight <laughs> to where it is needed. Imagine the risks involved in a pipeline containing wind, water, or light should fail and pollute our lands and oceans. <laughs> and I'm not poking fun. I just found it funny that like the first three likes on this on Facebook were all like known hardcore Republicans who I think took it literally, mm -hmm. like, and I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> Do you think that, like, the, the people that didn't like that letter, like, yeah, a pipeline full of sunlight, more like a laser. We don't <laughs> want those around. <laughs> um, another letter to the editor I enjoyed. Headline, county commissioners dead wrong to deny YMCA re rezoning. Uh, the writer takes the commissioners to task for booting the YMCA, and they raise a lot of good points about the economic impacts it could have. Uh, they don't specifically mention this, but what if they improved the land and it drove up the value of that property, and then that lessened the value of the properties remaining in the county? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we didn't just take the high hard one on property taxes. <laughs> Anyway, still stuck other... <laughs> on that news item, are we? Yeah, I am. <laughs> it's not just news, Eric. It's personal. It is. All of it should be personal. Well, <laughs> anyway, uh, other other quotes from this letter. How much more wholesome does a potential project get than a summer camp run by the YMCA? As a reminder, that stands for Young Men's Christian Association, whose mission statement is, quote, to put Christian principles into practice through programs that build healthy spirit, mind and body for all. Another quote, if a summer camp for kids run by a Christian nonprofit organization doesn't align closely enough with Lewis County values, what would? Good question. It was a good letter. I mean, that's L.L. Yeah. Hauer, I believe, down in Winlock. Mm -hmm. We had a re response to that one that'll also be in tomorrow's paper from John Coulter in Centralia, and that one's titled, Don't Let YMCA Ruin Mineral Lake. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's uh, not as... Uh, yeah, it's it's a little shorter. You want children swimming <laughs> in our lake? It actually compares Mineral Lake to Lake Stevens and Snow. Where there guy. is no YMCA camp. Yes, but there are McMansions. Right. And increasing traffic. But that was kind of the YMCA's argument, right? Was like, you know, if you have this, then there won't be McMansions. Yeah, yeah. He was more attacking the uh, King County developers. Yeah. Than YMCA. But also YMCA. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just wild to me. You know, I'm going to skip it. Let's move on. Next item, Julie McDonald commentary. Did deinstitutionalization, God, what a long word, of mental hospitals lead to homelessness? Um, I, I, I actually read all of this column. Wow. Something I can't say about anything else on this entire notes document. Good for you. <laughs> Is that why you added it on here? Just to say you read it? Yeah. 
she weaves in a family story of an institutionalized relative who is probably just depressed and talks about Lewis County's new homeless encampment ban and the obvious questions that have gone unanswered through its passage. But I liked her approach here and her questions and her the story. Good stuff. Did you read the whole thing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Liar. I read everything. Mm-hmm. Except for some liar stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's all we got for Tales from the Takes page. Anything I missed? Anything you want to bring up? No, no, that's fine. That's okay. uh, I think that's good. We've been kind of light on that page over the holidays. A lot of letters. Uh, next up, People's Champion of the Week. We have a few contenders. One of them, Salvation Army of Lewis County, kicks off 2022 Red Kettle Campaign. Salvation, of Army, Salvation Army has had a year of floods, fires, and serving those affected by the housing crisis through rental programs and establishing the county's only night-by-night homeless shelter. Asked to summarize their work, Jin Pack simply said, we serve people, and Isabel will elaborate on who Jin Pack is. Uh, yeah, captain of the Lewis County Salvation Army, Jin and Stephen Pack, they're a couple. I, I put this on the notes because um, in a lot, a lot, a lot of our coverage over the last year, with the fires and floods especially, the Salvation Army has been a background character uh, helping people who are displaced and feeding people and putting up shelters and managing them, being there all the time. And they're really, really sweet people. They also run the county's only night-by-night shelter, like you just said, and a bunch of other programs, food bank, uh, a Bible school, <laughs> clothing, hygiene, and pretty much just do whatever. When someone comes to them and says, like, we need help with something, they will try to figure out how to make that happen. Um, and they are just kicking off their, uh, red kettle campaign. You hear like the bell ringers outside the grocery store. That's them seeking a dollar from every person in Lewis County is their ultimate goal, which I do not think they typically hit, but they did get a really big donation this year from a local church. But anyways, I just felt like they, this story was an opportunity to kind of talk about what they do instead of just what they're doing under a certain, uh, circumstance. So I wanted to throw them in here and say that we appreciate all their work. Uh, I want to throw an honorary nominee out. doesn't need to be up for addition, but we got some mail this morning that I shared with you guys, uh, from Jane Kuja. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. Jane Curtis Kuja. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was complimenting Karina Stanton, our freelance reporter on her story on 10 years of bachelor degrees at Centralia college. Yet another story you missed for this news dump. Uh-huh. Um, and she complimented her for that and gave a little of her own experience. And she said, and as for you, Mr. Schwartz, many thanks for the news dump podcast. You and your cohorts have me laughing out loud and enjoying all the local news and insights in publishing the Chronicle. On days when everyone is grumpy and yelling at you, remember there's a 79 years young, wheelchair driving, still full of life lady at Centralia Point, assisted living, subscribing, reading online, in print, listening to the podcast, and enjoying every moment of the way you bring her community to her in the comfort of her home. Aww. Thanks, Karina, you and the rest of the Chronicle and podcast staff. It was just the sweetest email to get on that a Monday morning. That is the sweetest ever. Thank you so much, Jane. When she mentioned everybody being grumpy and yelling at you, were you thinking about your work downstairs or upstairs in this studio? At home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And another one that I put on the People's Champion list, which, you know, that's okay if we don't choose him, but we said that we would give Lee Gross his flowers when the time came. I don't remember saying that. (laughs) I know that you said it. Schwartz said it. 
Um, How about I give him 37% more property taxes this year instead? Would that be good enough? I just wanted to say that I wrote a story after an exit interview of sorts with him. um, And Scott Brummer, the commissioner-elect for that position, will be sworn in at 8.30 on Wednesday. Uh, Gross also detailed his son's battle with cancer and death in January and how that affected him as a leader and everything, which was a perspective that we've not yet had in the paper. And it was very interesting to talk to him in the very, like, candid way of, I'm getting out of here, I can say whatever I want kind of thing. So um, thanks to Lee Gross for stepping up. I... He talks about like it wasn't easy to fill in for Gary Stamper considering how much people loved him, but I think that he played a similar role in the end. And this might be my last opportunity to share on the podcast that Lee Gross is the only man known to have punched an elk in the I face. Knew that was Very coming. true. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Shouldn't be in his flowers if he didn't want you know mess was around and like, find out elk. Was he like in a bathrobe too? Or? Uh, that, there's a lot of uh, that we might have added to <laughs> it over the years, but. <laughs> Dan Schreiber was the reporter that talked to him oh, at the Christ. time, and he was just having like this off-the-cuff conversation with him, and he had it on speakerphone, as you know, Dan did. And yeah, uh, yeah I don't think he thought that was going to end up in the paper, but he was like, yeah, he kept getting in the flower, so I had to go out there and socked him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I like Lee, though. Lee's, I think Lee's one of the good ones, and uh, I agree that that was a nice story, a nice send-off. Thanks. It's important to remember, as you just mentioned, that Dan Schreiber took all of his calls like Chaz Tenenbaum, uh, standing at his desk with his hands on his hips and the speakerphone on. Tie loosened. Yes. <laughs> uh, Siren's banger of the Wait, week. We didn't pick, we didn't one. pick one. It's Doug Blosser. Doug Blosser wins. Yeah, That's Doug fair. Blosser wins. That's totally fair. Siren's banger of the week. Uh, I didn't get too deep into this. I liked this one. An air freshener and toothpaste were reported stolen from the 500 block of South Tower Avenue. On November 22nd, the case is under investigation as police search for a suspect with a beautiful smile and a breezy musk. <laughs> uh, I don't have it in front of me, but one that got some traction online over the last couple of weeks was the new um, intersection of U Street and uh, Mellon, where they have the circular brick there. Someone came upon that for the first time and thought it was a roundabout, so they mm-hmm. just went right into a right-handed turn and then oh. slammed into another vehicle. Oh, no. <laughs> so when I went through there again the following day after reading that, I was like, I could kind of see if it's your first yeah. time here. Yeah. Like, it looks like it, but I mean, there are the lights. You could look at those, too. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Hey, Both good points. Um, I You were editing sports pages when I said this, but we were at the proofing desk looking through. I was looking at the records page, and I called out to you, and you just didn't respond. I think you were listening to music. I had but, headphones in, yeah. yeah I was fire. like, I was like, what? Aaron, an indecent exposure. You're going to be so excited, but don't get too excited. And then just silence, just crickets. And I was like, ah, oh, bummer. I but, heard it. Yeah. No, I saw that one in there. It was like a guy got caught jerking it in public. Yeah, I just figured another one of those. We used to always talk about indecent exposure on this podcast, and we haven't had one in a long time. This isn't a sirens banger of the week, but it is crime, so I'm going to throw this one in just because uh, Emily just had this one published to Cronline.com. Rochester man accused of biting woman in Centralia, also facing attempted murder charge in Cowlitz County. The only reason I bring it up is so he allegedly got rejected for a kiss, and so his response was to bite her, which I'm glad he was arrested. Um, but he told police that uh, she had bitten herself. <laughs> in, the been in the face. In the face. Has he been sending any emails to the uh, elections office in Lewis County? Don't know. Don't think so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that story is up on Cronline as well. Okay. All right. 
It was well, kind of a reach of a callback, but I did kind of get there eventually. That guy, that guy should not kiss a lady. Should, should not, yeah. Uh, Facebook comments of the week. I had a note on here to ask Schwartz about the nice email he got from a listener who appreciates him and his cohorts. Eric Schwartz and the Dumpers. I'm <clears> proud <throat> to be a cohort. Uh, Anna, we had a comment on a story about a massage clinic opening. The comment said, wish I could see the article. Might be something I need. <laughs> oh, I was working with this person. There was no paywall. Uh, no, but they, the, someone else echoed and said they also couldn't open it. So I went ahead and slapped the full text down there in the comments for them. Oh, maybe God, there was you've a... been salty in the Facebook comments lately. Yeah, mixing it up a little bit. Maybe yeah, there, there was go. just a Good problem with the link or something. Uh, on a post about Centralia College's 10 years of bachelor degrees... Somebody posted or applied to Rana Vijay Sharma. I'll bet you could make more with a bachelor's degree from Centralia College. Oh, hell yeah. I thought that was a pretty good, pretty good reference. I think we've been beating the scammers back lately. It hasn't yeah, been as bit. pervasive. You just assume that this commenter is a scammer? Shorts? I know I know that name. <laughs> no, I do too. <laughs> I've banned that name like 30 times and he keeps coming back. Uh, a comment on the just threats easy. against election workers. The commenter says, in investigation by the Lewis County Sheriff, they'll probably tell the election workers that the person who sent the threats is a good kid, like they did about Aaron Christian's murderers. Topical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of that, we have... We did have a, a, a thing. Yeah, there was, an, there was another protest over the weekend that there will be coverage on in tomorrow's paper if you want to read about it. It's on cronline.com, too. Emily wrote up a short story to go with it as well, but it's mostly photos. On a history item about the Chronicle publishing a prayer in its 1942 edition, this commenter says, Odd, now there is no prayer in the Chronicle (laughs) on Thanksgiving, and it's our lands under threat of being a barren waste by our own government. Shots fired at you, Eric Schwartz. This, thoughts? I am wel- I welcome this because there literally was a Bible verse in the paper that day on the opinion page. It said, be thankful. And it was from like Psalms or Proverbs and it had a praying Uncle Sam. Which one was it? And I shared yeah. it after this and this commenter liked that post. <laughs> <laughs> this particular commenter, who I won't name, also spent most of Thanksgiving posting links about Bolsonaro and Brazil oh, and voter that. fraud on Curious. every single post that we had um i won't speak to what i think about it but it, it yeah it's been out there sometimes oh by the way that reminds me i love my mom i'm not trying to oh, like say that i and don't love her Isabel hates her mom she, no i love her she's great but one of the things that she said recently that was in this same vein was when we had the halloween banner we like made the chronicle look all spooky for halloween mm-hmm. she was like well are you gonna do that for all souls day <laughs> well, Easter. Yeah. You have the O in the Chronicle be like a tomb. What's the, the, there you go. The, 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 the Roll away muertos? the stone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was The funny. T? Yeah. It, and on the third day, Schwartz resurrected Voice of the People. Oh, never that. Um, on the county property tax increases, this commenter says, when are government agencies going to be required to run on ballots budgets? <laughs> It is time that managers are held accountable to work within the budget they are given. Hey, speaking of this, um, I almost put in the notes, but didn't, but I maybe should have just Mm -hmm. to remind you, uh, West Thurston fire has to close three stations because of not passing levies and they are no offense to anyone else. 
They are maybe our favorite fire station here at the Chronicle. Oh, yeah, there's no yeah, doubt. Yeah, they are. Because they are so incredible and hardworking, and they talk to us about everything and have been great at getting us access and telling us what's going on out there. But um, it's, a, it's a real problem. Like, that is a serious issue. And so lest us not forget... <laughs> Do you know why most people would not vote for those kind of levies? Because oh the property taxes because the increases. Because property taxes are already so high. But the, the thing is, this is why it's important to have these conversations, because people tend to assume that because the property taxes are going up, these services get more money automatically, when that isn't how it is. Mm. Anyways, but we'll talk more about that next week, like I said. Uh, comment on a story about Lee Gross leaving office. Commenter says, I think Lee Gross, G-R-O-S-S, is a better spelling. Well, that's not very nice. Mean. And uh, hold on, another one more before your last one, because that's a good walk-off. I had Warren McLeod on the story about the Grinchy Christmas over at the Chehalis Centralia Railroad and Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote, that poor Grinch gets the blame, but he reformed and became a friend of Whoville. It's our coroner, Warren McLeod. I our, love that. Our corner making jokes about people's heart conditions, eh? It was a heart attack. <laughs> anyway. I hope you didn't hear that, Aaron. <laughs> it's offensive. <laughs> was it? It's offensive to me. <laughs> and a comment on the tweet about the last podcast two weeks ago. This tweeter just replied, shut up, you freak. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, great it stuff. was also just you two, right? Yeah, it was. It was just makes us it freaks, a so. little bit funnier. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, what's in the next edition? Uh, I'll make a, a lot of it. Quick rundown. We did talk about a lot of it, but you want uh, to talk about roofs? Swans. We probably should talk about roofs. We're contractually obligated. <laughs> We're already going to have to send a prorated rate since we missed the Thanksgiving week podcast. <laughs> we could talk about roofs twice. We could. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd go on. No, I was going to tell you what's in the paper. Uh, we have a, a short roundup from Isabel on Lewis County's budget, with the takeaways being the sheriff's office is not getting their requested boost, at least not what they asked for. So and I'm not getting 37% new more shelters. Sheriffs. There's an animal shelter <laughs> and a homeless shelter make up about nearly 14% of the total proposed budget um, for those two. Oh, yeah. I meant to mention this. I was going to say this on the podcast. Sorry, I didn't bring it up sooner. Whatever. But uh, the shelter, the night-by-night night shelter, Becky Butler, the budget administrator, said if all goes well with construction, it will be open in April 2023. But because of uh, supply chain issues, it's very possible to be later than that. But I know a couple times we've asked for a specific month to nail down on that when we've had conversations about it. So I wanted to make sure that got brought up. We also have a Owen Sexton story on Devin Taylor, a Centralian who represented Team USA at the World Roller Games in Argentina recently. Oh, okay. I thought it was pretty One cool. One sport Aaron does not know about. Mm-hmm. And he's, a, he's also I'm a local well aware, club. Actually, well. roller hockey. Oh, do you know? I I there's I have a connection. Yeah, I know. I know <laughs> things about roller hockey. They wear skates. I know that. They sure do. I've seen boogie nights. Um, Go on. What, what I was going on before you rudely interrupted me. Uh, there's a roundup of public disclosure commission complaints that has been wasting away in the unedited general news folder for about three weeks because it kept changing every day. Uh-huh. Um, but that's out there now. You can go read about all that. There's nothing huge in there. Um, and then we got a nice feature on the mistletoe Christmas tree farm from Emily. 
and lots of where, other good where stuff. Where is that one? West of Chehalis. I was going to say, West of Chehalis. <laughs> Stern's Road. Where the sun sets. Hey, here's a cool thing. Uh-huh. Not news, but um, who was it? Uh, Michael Irvin with the Twin City Rotary was just telling me that he lives near Stearns Road and saw a bear in a standoff with a coyote within the last few months, and he showed me a picture of it. Why didn't you get the picture? Because it's like several months ago. I don't care. Okay, well, I'll, I told him he should send when animals them. fight? If we have photos of it? No, it, they the didn't fight. People need to see it. They didn't fight, but they, they just look at one another we were talking about it in person and I said to him, you should send those kinds of things to us because we'll always post them. Like we love that stuff. But anyways, on Stern's Road, I was just, I was aghast that I had never seen a bear for my whole life until this year on the Chehalis River. Yet there is one on the very hill I live on. I, you know what? I agree with you. I feel the same way. I have been in plenty of positions to see a bear and I have not seen one and I'm very upset about You've it. You've never you seen a bear? Be. That's I mean, I've seen like it, like a zoo and shit like that, right? But not like in the wild. Yeah, Jeez. and you, you get out more. Aaron. You live in the places I live in the places that you yeah. would think we would see them. Yeah, I mean, I lived in downtown Centralia, and I had a bear in my backyard. Remember that? Like oh, five yeah. years ago, and I just walked, let my dog out, and there's just a bear in my backyard. Was that where you're living now? No, over on Rock Street. Oh, okay. Like, Whoa, that's the even weirder. Town. It was weird. It then was, the cops came and killed it. Yeah, they murdered it. <gasps> Actually, they said they were going to take it Wait, and release it somewhere. Wait, the cops or WDF? Wild, the Fish okay. and Wildlife Police. Okay. But they, this time, the they, previous <laughs> time a bear appeared in downtown Centralia, the cops just killed it. No, this time they did too. <laughs> they said they tranquilized it and brought it down, and they were like, yeah, we're going to go release it somewhere. And then we called like two days later. They're like, yeah, it didn't work out. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like Fat Bear, that Fat Bear up north. The, mm-hmm. They had the whole public looking for it, like snitching on this bear. And they're like, well, we just want to get the collar off. And then somebody wink, reported it, wink. and they found it and just shot they it dead. They killed it, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Fat Bear. Do you guys know a family-owned company? called The Roof Doctor? <laughs> I do now. Tell me more. <laughs> Since 1959, they've been providing uh, our area with roofing, roof repair, roof cleaning, emergency roofing, mm-hmm. all your roofing needs. I'll cover you in Olympia, Shailis, Tacoma, Shelton, Hoquiam, even Longview. I know you love Longview. But as you know, I don't trust you. Do you have any testimonials from anyone else that might have used do I The ever. Roof Doctor? What if I told you my friend Doug R. sent me a little message? <laughs> well, I put a lot of weight in what Doug R. has to say. <laughs> he said the roofing was done timely and the quality was fine. Keith and crew, great Keith. Good guy. Can't oh, we, we love Keith. Can't go wrong with Keith's on the crew. No. They went beyond the norm, were easy to work with, and explained everything to my satisfaction. Tom and the crew were fast. Tom came by, too. Oh, Tom, Tom was there, too? Yeah, you guys know Tom. Showed appreciation for giving Roof Doctor business and cleanup was good. I would go to Keith again, and I will certainly recommend him and the Roof Doctor to friends and others as we are doing now. Hell yeah. Very nice. The Roof Doctor. You can give him a call, 360-736-0246. You can see that big number on the side of their warehouse off I-5 between Shalis and Napavine. Sure, you've seen it. How many free estimates do you think they'd pass? Like, if I was just getting estimates at various buildings all around town <laughs> before they told me to just kick rocks? Oh, they would. See, you know what, sir? Your business is good here, and we will continue <laughs> to pride you with free <laughs> estimates. The Roof Doctor, they make house calls. Expert roofers in Shahabas. Can we hear that and trumpeter otherwise. swan call one more time and then a walk off? Is that what it sounds like? Yes. Yeah. Honk, honk. 
Yep. Sounds like that. Uh, we are sponsored by Summit Funding and the Roof Doctor, as you know. Leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined. It's not bother me if you don't. <laughs> <laughs>